facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. I am beyond excited for this program today. We are cracking open a really fresh episode of The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. 888-914-9149. That was not an artificial sound effect. That was real. Just like the realness of our talk that we're going to have today on the show. The only thing artificial is pretty much everything in the can because it's it's a diet soft drink, diet cola. I will not mention the brand. I don't have a brand contract currently, but I am open. Send me a DM. Actually, you can give me a call right now if you're uh, from a cola company or anywhere else. 888-914-9149. So much to talk about today. We're going to be talking about how to beat, how to overcome how to defeat all kinds of enemies in our interior life. You know, we all have to deal with this. We all have to fight against a few different things in life that tend to want to drag us down. I'm thinking in particular about boredom. This is, this is interesting. So, someone who is never bored is Patrick Alog. He, he's, he's taking your phone calls. He's got about five different screens going at all times, keeping up on all kinds of things. I don't know how he does it. He's our, he's, our, he's our fact checker on the show, Errors and Omissions. But, but he's never bored. But, but sometimes you are, sometimes I am, sometimes kids are, that's for sure. Mom, I'm bored. You know, for the whole summer, what am I going to do with this kid? You know? uh, boredom is a problem. What about frustration? Have you ever felt frustrated? Yeah, like five minutes ago. Um, impatience. That, that's another thing. We, we live in a very, very impatient society, and we want everything yesterday. Boredom, frustration, impatience. If you've ever battled these, well, if you've never battled them, I, don't, I simply don't believe you. But So let's, let's just admit that we all have boredom, frustration, and impatience. Now, that has never, never happened to you. You've never felt any of those things while listening to The Kale Clark Show. Of course, that goes without saying. But we'll, we'll tell you how to deal with these things. And I think there's a spiritual angle to it as well. 888 is the number to call. You can also follow me on the X app, at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with an E. And you can email the program, become a shadow producer, give me a show idea, send me a link, a story that you think I might have a take on. You can email me, Kale, C-A-L-E, at relevantradio.com. And uh, speaking of... Frustration, impatience, nail-biting. At times, boredom. Baseball comes to mind for a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people find baseball boring. Uh, up until this year, it, it was the only sport that didn't have a clock. There is a pitch count now, though. Of course, they're trying to speed up games for a, a younger, uh, more easily bored audience, for sure. It doesn't seem like it, but the baseball playoffs started today, this afternoon. Now, I've been pretty busy. I, you know, I've had my nose to the grindstone. Uh, so I, 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 I'm relying on our fact checker, our investigator extraordinaire, Patrick Alog, to keep me apprised, as he will. We have sort of this, uh, this mechanism that we use to get messages to each other while we're doing the show. It's called the stack. That's, the, uh, that's a little inside baseball for you there. Speaking of baseball, I want him to feed me uh, results from the official baseball club of the Kale Clark Show, the Toronto Blue Jays. They're in the playoffs again this year. Squeaked in, and they're playing the Minnesota Twins right now. And uh, it is 3 nothing Twins going to the bottom of the fifth, apparently. Thank you, Patrick, for that update. Appreciate you. 
Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that, but um, no multitasking for me or for you. we got to get locked in on this topic. Boredom, frustration. You know, sometimes even Jesus got frustrated. We know this. He got frustrated with the disciples. How did, how did, how did he deal with it when he was frustrated with these guys? I mean, it'd be easy for him to get frustrated. He's, he's God the Son. He's dealing with, at times, these knuckleheads who just can't get it, can't get it right. And, and you and me, too, especially me. I, that's why I have to go back to confession again and again and again. But, but how do we deal with boredom, frustration, and impatience? I, I read this incredible piece by uh, the writer Eric Barker, uh, who wrote a pretty, pretty highly regarded book called Barking Up the Wrong Tree. And it's all about how science shows that a lot of what we've been taught about success in life is just plain wrong just plain wrong it's a lot of it's anecdotal a lot of it has no basis in reality but he wrote a really interesting piece and he's a great writer he's very witty he's got a lot of great one-liners he wrote a great piece about this and it's really how neuroscience the the neuroscience i find is really really fascinating um i've mentioned before many many times um the work of andrew huberman phd neuroscientist at stanford university he's got one of the most popular podcasts in the world i'd love to have him on the program as a guest one day he, he reveals a lot about how neuroscience can, can really impact our day-to-day lives. And neuroscience has actually revealed a lot about how to overcome boredom, frustration, impatience in life. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is what Eric Barker says. They're not bad things. We, 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 it looks a little bit like a three-headed monster, but th- these things can actually be our friends. Boredom, frustration, and impatience. They're good for you, he says. They can actually help you live the good life, the the deep life. And so stop fighting these things. Stop fighting boredom. Stop fighting frustration. Stop fighting impatience. We just need to kind of listen to what they're trying to teach us. And so uh, a lot of the the insights actually come from uh, this book that uh, Barker was reading called Propelled by Andreas Elpidoru. Propelled uh, sounds like an interesting book. So let, let's let's talk about let's talk about boredom first of all. Let's talk about boredom. And again, you know, summer vacation is now over. Although, wow, where I live in Toronto, it feels like a midsummer's day. We get an incredible heat wave here on on October the third. But during summer vacations, very often, school kids who are out for the summer will say, "Hey, mom, hey, dad, I'm bored." Um, <laughs> One of the one of the examples he gives is is you think you would not be bored if you were an astronaut going to outer space, but believe it or not, even astronauts get bored. <laughs> we had an astronaut call into the show, Harrison Schmidt, a U.S. senator who called in, a former U.S. senator from New Mexico, the last person alive who's walked on the moon. He was actually listening to the to the Gail Clark show and called in. Uh, to talk about his experiences. This is what we were talking about, how the moon uh, program is going to be revived uh, by NASA, which is kind of great news, fantastic news. He, he doesn't want to be the last person to have walked on the moon. He wants things to, to keep going. But other astronauts, now, Harrison, if you're listening, I'm sure this has never happened to you, but according to some of your peers, space travel can actually be boring. Can you imagine that? Gene Cernan, who was an Apollo 17 astronaut, said this, quote, a funny thing happened on the way to the moon. Not much, end of quote. <laughs> That's such a great one-liner. 
A funny thing happened on the way to the moon. Not much. Another astronaut, Norman Thagard, said this, quote, even though it's space flight and all of that, you still get bored. End of quote. You still get bored. And think, think about the astronauts on the, on the space station who are kind of floating around up there eating freeze-dried meals for, for months at a time. And actually, NASA has a report that they've published that talks about one of the, one of the issues with space travel is boredom. So, okay, if even astronauts can get bored, uh, don't feel bad if sometimes you do too. So here's how boredom can actually be good for us. And some things that Barker didn't talk about in his article, um, I've been reading a lot about, and maybe you have too, a lot of writers these days and productivity experts are saying it's actually good for us to be to be quote-unquote bored, to have this sort of unstructured time that we put into our schedules, oddly enough. We have to schedule this, where we kind of just let our mind wander. Especially with kids. Like Kids are very over-scheduled these days. I don't know if you'd agree with that. And by the way, you're listening to The Cale Clark Show, 888-914-9149. If, you, if any of this resonates with you, give me a call, 888-914-9149, toll-free. Uh, kids are so structured these days and, and got them in all kinds of activities. And, and same with me. I mean, I have my daughter, Michaela. We probably overscale. I don't know how it's going to go. We have her in all kinds of different clubs and ballet and swimming and aerospace engineering and all kinds of little cool clubs. Is, is it too much? We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But we do, we do need to have time where we can kind of just let our mind wander. And you probably had this experience as well. I know you have. I know you have. I, I have for sure. Let's say you've got a vexing problem in life, something that you're trying to deal with, a work issue or maybe an interpersonal conflict or just something. You just, you just can't crack it. Have you ever had the experience of just going for a walk in the woods? And this is a great time to do it. If you're, if you're living in, in the northern part of the United States, the northeast, uh, fall foliage is like nearing its peak. It's just beautiful. I, I love the fall. I love Today's unseasonably warm weather notwithstanding. I love the Christmas in the air. I love throwing on a hoodie in the morning. You know, just, just I like it. I, li- I like seeing the seasons change. I, I love it. Um, shoveling snow is never fun, but uh, that's coming. That's kind of the downer. We know winter is coming. But when you're walking in, in the woods sometimes and you're thinking about just anything but your, your problem, and then the solution arrives. It's an inspiration. Maybe it's from from your guardian angel. Maybe it's from the Holy Spirit. And yesterday on the program, if you missed it, wow, fun conversation with Father Eric Nikolai, art historian about angels and art and in scripture. And he was talking about that, how some of the greatest saints of all time have had incredible illuminations because angels, you know, are associated with with God who, who, who brings us light, the light of his truth. And we can somehow... Just, just when we get our mind off out of the problem, when we get away from the problem, that's when we find the solution to the problem. So that doesn't happen sometimes without boredom. Sometimes you need boredom for creativity. It, it, with kids, I like, kind of make up stuff when they're playing, that sort of thing. We adults sometimes need to do that too because our lives can become very regimented sometimes. All right, a- end of the little sermonette there. But a lot of people want to avoid boredom like the plague, especially in the age of the smartphone because we know that we can get that cheap dopamine hit, we can get that distraction, we can get our minds on something else. There's always something to entertain us on that glowing, bright screen in front of us. But boredom is not your enemy. Boredom is actually your friend. 
And so apparently research shows that boredom acts very much like a regulatory emotion, very similar to, as Eric Barker says, it's very similar to pain. Now, pain can be God's megaphone in our lives. As Barker puts it, it can be the blinking warning light on the dashboard of your life. You know, the car of your life is driving somewhere and there is a check engine light flashing neon trying to get your attention. So if, if you're really bored a lot in a certain context, maybe it's even at work, let's say, if, if you're finding it not challenging anymore, if you're bored, it might be a sign to you, maybe it's time to try something else. Maybe it's time to, to stretch yourself a little bit. We, we, we are very good at getting into these comfort zones, aren't we? We can really get into these, these grooves of a comfort zone, whether it's at work, whether it's in our spiritual life even, we're just kind of... We want to set the cruising altitude. You can't do that. You cannot do that in the Catholic life. St. Augustine talked about that. You cannot, you're either going up higher towards God, if it, as it were, or you're, you're, you're going away from God. That You cannot flatline. You absolutely can't do it. But we, we tend to get in, get in these sort of ruts. We get into the, to our routines. And sometimes we need to shake, shake ourselves out of this. That's why it's good, really, a, a great practice, if you can, Try to go on some sort of a retreat um, every year, if, if you can do that. If you can go on a three-day retreat, fantastic. Uh, it'll really shake you up. Now, some people, because of their situation, maybe they can't, but there are little options where you can sort of take a day-long retreat. There are different groups around uh, Catholic retreat centers that offer different different things. But but that that's an example of something that can just kind of shake you up and, and get you out of your routine, give you a different perspective on things. But boredom, just like pain, if you have a physical pain, that's probably a sign that you need the doctor to check it out. You need to, you need to start figuring out how to avoid the pain, how to get rid of the pain. So pain can be your friend if it alerts you to a big underlying problem. And so boredom acts much the same way. A Barker says boredom basically asks you, asks, you, asks you this question. Are you sure this is what you should be doing with your life? Are you sure this is what you want to do with your life? You're incredibly bored. And and by the way, that's not just for your life in the big picture, in the general, even moment by moment, because we can catch ourselves wasting time here and there, scrolling on those devices, on those aforementioned devices. And again, it's kind of a juxtaposition, right? Because I just told you, I think a little bit of sort of unstructured time is good for us, but... We can also waste time as well, right? We know this. We know this. And um, yeah, uh, Dr. Brian Donahue, when he, when he was uh, on the show, I mean, he was talking about this. Um, as a doctor, he was giving us a bun- bunch of health tips here on the Kale Clark Show. And, and it's, you can't just say, I- I'm just going to check my phone for, for one minute. I'm just going to check my messages for one minute. It's never a minute. It's never a minute because it just, the scrolling continues. One link leads to another and pfft. You're wondering about conspiracy theories, the Kennedy assassination, whatever the case may be. You're, you're just on a rabbit trail. But so, so these moments, we always have to check ourselves because all time is God's time. Ultimately, we all have to give an account for it. And am I doing what I should be doing right now? Is this a good use of my time? Are you sure this is what you want to be doing with your time, with this particular hour? Now, here, here's, here's something else, though, about boredom that... We can't, sometimes the thing that, that we find boring is still the necessary thing. Um, you, you have to keep going. 
you have to keep going. Um, if you are working on the space station, you know, you, you, you've got to keep going. You can't just, you can't go home. You can't go back to earth yet. And you, and there are so many jobs like that, that are repetitive by nature. You say, well, what, what, you know, I'm, I'm working and making widgets. I'm on the assembly line. Fine. Any honest job can, can be a means of communion with God and a means to glorify God through it. So what we have to do, we have to change our perspective on this. And this, this is one of the great secrets. One of the things that we, we didn't get a chance to talk about yesterday, just because we were talking about Feast of the Guardian Angels. On that day, yesterday, October the 2nd, 95 years ago, 1928, St. Jose Maria Escrivá saw, by illumination, by an illumination, he saw Opus Dei, and, and he realized that, that Jesus was asking people to look at their lives, look at their, their work even, in, in kind of a new way. And one of the ways that we can do that is by taking our, our everyday ordinary work and changing. If we can't, we can't always change the external circumstances, but we can change how we internally, how we internally are, our motivation, our intention. And here are just a couple points from, from St. Jose Maria on this that will hopefully get us thinking along these lines. He says, let me stress this point. This is from uh, his book called The Furrow. It's a collection of maxims, uh, points. Uh, point number 489. Let me stress this point. It is in the simplicity of your ordinary work, in the monotonous details of each day, that you have to find the secret, which is hidden from so many, of something great and new. Love. So that, that, that's it. That's the open secret. In the monotonous details of every day, the repetitive things we got to do all the time, you have to find the secret. It's hidden from so many. The multitude will never get this. Something great and new. Love. Love. And so to kind of flesh this out a little bit, uh, and to sort of add to this thought, in, in another book they wrote, which is the most famous one, called The Way, uh, point number 813, he says, do everything for love. And this is love with a capital L. So, you know, he means God by this when he says this. Do everything for love, because God is love, right? Do everything for love. Thus, there will be no little things. Everything will be big. Perseverance in little things for love is heroism. It's heroism. So, there are no insignificant things. If our motivation is to glorify God, uh, to glorify Him in our work and what we're doing, uh, to try to become saints through it let god make us saints help other people to become saints that's what it's all about and then just one last one this is from a collection of homilies that he preached called christ is passing by and you can find all these on the web by the way uh there's a new website i think it's called escriva.org escriva.org e-s-c-r-i-v-a.org escriva.org all right so from christ is passing by number 48 the dignity of work is based on love Again, that capital L, love. Man's great privilege is to be able to love and to transcend what is fleeting and ephemeral. See, this is the thing, because the, the, the animals, um, they don't operate uh, with free will and freedom. They, they, ha they operate by conscience. It's kind of, not conscience, rather, but by instinct. It's pre-programmed into them, so to speak, how they're going to react to things. But we can choose to do something for God uh, even though it's monotonous, even though it may not be recognized by others, they may overlook it, they may, whatever. This is good for humility, I guess, too. They recognize somebody else gets employee of the month. Big deal. God sees what you're doing. And if you're doing it for God, 
your motivation is different. You're not you're not looking for the applause of the guys in the next cubicle. You're looking for the applause of heaven. So that's a totally different ballgame. So that also, I think, can help us to to really help us find meaning and and illuminate, um, helping us to fix this this bore this boredom situation. And, and and as Barker says, we all do boring stuff. It's boring to other people. Like if you love gardening, but I hate gardening, I would find this extremely tedious spending a Saturday gardening. But for you, you love it. I mean, this is just it goes by. The time goes by so fast. So we all have things like that. Um, and so this this is um. This is really interesting. It's, it's how we look at things. Um, he talks about hospital janitors. And again, this is a necessary, uh, extremely necessary, good, honest work. We need this. When they, they were unhappy when they saw themselves as people who cleaned up other people's messes. But when they saw themselves as part of the team at the hospital that helped sick people to get better, hey, with a crucial part of the team, they had fulfillment. So a lot of it is just kind of changing our perspective on this. So that's boredom. And hopefully you're not bored at the moment, but you can call in right now if you're still awake. 888-914-9149 is Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. I, 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 we have to talk about something that happens to me a lot. Frustration. Frustration. Sometimes we get frustrated with things, people, even the plans of heaven. How do we deal with that? How do we conquer frustration. Well, you're going to find out on the other side of the break. Call in right now, 888-914-9149. It's the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. This is the Kale Clark Show giving you the confidence you need to bring the faith into everyday life. Hey, welcome back to the program on this Tuesday. Give me a call right now, 888-914-9149-888-914-9149. You can try to tag me on the X app at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with an E. Email the program, Kale, C-A-L-E, at relevantradio.com. We're talking about how to deal with boredom, frustration, and also impatience three things that are very common human experiences but they can actually work in our favor but let's go to the phones right now let's go to tom in tucson arizona hey tom hey great uh, great conversation again today kale as always oh thank you sir that's very kind very kind i appreciate the call yeah so you know i'm um you know you talk about boredom it's uh mm. it's kind of an interesting thing quiet time is what we need for inspiration time Mm. And, you know, boredom is when our, our mind is free, uh, mm-hmm. free to mm-hmm. contemplate and free to listen. Uh, you talked about the angels, right? And uh, good timing, right? We just had the Feast of the Guardian Angels. Yeah. And I've been aware my whole life and, and all glory to God that the inspiration comes from God. I mean, I'm a multidisciplinary scientist, but I've never been classically trained, you know, with mm. you know, learning disabilities, you know, so, so yeah. You know, surrounding yourself with stimulation is fantastic, but you need that quiet time. Um, I kind of call it dream solving. Um, mm. You get overwhelmed, you'll take a nap, and um, yeah, you know, you'll come up with solutions. Yeah, that, it's it's so interesting that you're saying this, and I don't know if you've heard much about this. I saw something. I don't know where I saw this, but 
there, there's a concept out there, and I don't know whether neuroscientists think that this is legit or not, but but this idea that you got issues, and this whole idea of, hey, I'm going to sleep on this. I've got this problem. I've got this question. I'm literally going to sleep on it, and I'm going to sort of tell my brain, somehow subconsciously work this out. And it's amazing how often you wake up and you've got the answer. Like, I, there, there's something going on. Because the brain doesn't completely shut down, of course, when you're sleeping. And you may get, you know, heavenly inspirations as well, right? St. Joseph, God spoke to him in dreams or at night, right? But uh, at any rate, I just think the whole concept is, is, is absolutely fascinating, Tom. Yeah, you know, I think our culture has really lost that, Kale. And that's one of the things um, I was going to say, you know, thank God for Relevant Radio, because we're having open conversations about God and our, our faith and our daily life. You know, you know mm. we, we read the histories of the saints and we think, wow, these people are so inspired. Well, we are inspired too. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't sometimes give ourselves credit for it. Uh, I'm certainly not a saint. Um, you know, I, I understand, you know, our own, our own, you know, sin, but yeah, we, you know, the glory of God is all around us. And I, I take time for prayer constantly and I'm not embarrassed. I mean, I, I, you know, I worked in, in industry and machine learning and AI and pioneering wow. that. And I have no fear sharing that with clients and scientists. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of people will ask me, they're like, well, do scientists believe in God? And they're like, well, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm more do than don't. Yeah, that, that's very true. And, and people aren't aware that, you know, historically, uh, of course, I talk about Father Georges Lemaitre all the time, the father of the Big Bang Theory. Literally, he was a father. He was a Catholic priest. And 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 it's really important, I think, Tom, if you, if you are uh, working in AI, and I, I don't know if that's your, your area that you're really focusing on right now as a multidisciplinary scientist, but we need, we absolutely need faithful Catholics working in that field, maybe more than any other field right now, because it's going to become such a big part of the world going forward, don't you think? Well, it's such a, it's the space and the noise that's kind of filling the void right now. Um, Everybody's talking about it. And yes, it's making this huge impact. And you're absolutely right. Um, You know, I'm trying to focus more and more on where I can keep a faithful impact and and Mm -hmm. try to you know, try to have that influence. Um, you know, my expertise is machine learning. I've been a okay. you know, kinematics automation guy. Um, you know, but the, you know, the algorithm and the math, um, e- even in our modern art, you know, you look at the way, you know, people are fascinated with the sphere in Las Vegas. Yeah. And you look at these TV shows like the Mandalorian and these Disney shows, you know, the way they're produced is by using game engine designs. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. these are, you know, it's completely different than how it used to be. You know, the media in a book, the, the, the construct was in your mind. You'd imagine the space. And now we've, we've been able to kind of open that up and reflect this art in a different way. And all of that is done through the same mathematics that are, Hmm. you know, we talk about GPU processing. So, you know, so multidisciplinary scientists are, are, it sounds like I'm trying to promote it. Um, we should be promoting it. Uh, <laughs> well, you're excited about it. That's what you do, right? Hand in hand. Well, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and people don't realize that scientists are artists. You know, we mm. listen to music and, and music is another thing. If you're ever bored and you don't, and you're, and you're, man, I put on classic music, you listen to Mozart mm-hmm. and Bach. Yeah. And 
it's hard to not be inspired. It's hard to mm-hmm. not just yeah. go, wow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what what I do sometimes, and a lot of people do this, they'll, they'll go to YouTube and they'll come up with like a Christopher Nolan, you know, soundtrack playlist and let that be the background of your work. They find it inspiring. And I, it helps you think sometimes, think more clearly and, and wow, yeah, and and I love the fact that you're so passionate about this, Tom. And we should all be that passionate about our work and the difference that it can make. And and like you said off the top, you know, calling in originally about this whole idea of quiet time, being quote unquote bored, can actually be a great time of inspiration in your work and, and in your life. And so, I really thank you for this call, Tom. That was a great, great phone call. Pop me an email. Love to keep in touch. And uh, call back anytime now. Okay. Okay. All right, thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Really, really appreciate that. Great, great phone call from Tom in Tucson, Arizona. Wow, that was that was really intriguing. Really intriguing. Talking about what we what we kind of a continuation of what we were dealing with before the break, this idea of boredom. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It can be your friend. Same with frustration. Same with frustration. And and Barker talks about this too. And it's interesting the human reactions when we become frustrated. And I think Part of our reactions to this, they're kind of based on the different personality types that we have, our, our temperaments that are partially God-given and, and partially... I'm a big believer that temperament is God-given. <laughs> After I had my, you know, my child, I, I realized, you know, I, I, I do believe this. You're kind of born with a personality at some level, but it's also shaped through, through, uh, through nurture as well as nature. But your, your different personality type will sometimes dictate how you react to frustrating situations and problems and sometimes when people are frustrated they just quit some people are like that they just quit it's like i'm out of here this this is just too hard i'm I'm done but that's often not the case sometimes when you're frustrated you you just it makes you want to double down even more try harder try harder think about and, and he gives the example in the article of video games and i can kind of relate to this i remember back in late 80s, early 90s, the original Nintendo console. And I've talked about this before. And, and, and Miranda Sinaceros, by the way, it was very ironic that she did this. Uh, she On Twitter, she put up a graphic for this episode of, of two guys boxing. It was kind of a classic boxing uh, image. And one of the, one of the, I, I, I don't play video games anymore. I know gaming is, is a big thing. It's a, it's a huge deal these days, huge industry. I don't do video games anymore, even though the games are way more realistic now than they, than they ever were. But man, I still miss like the classics like Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. And in Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, which came out in 1987, you had to kind of work your way through as, as the character. You had to kind of work your way through, box all these guys. You had to get through the lower ranks and finally get to the world-class boxers. And eventually, you have to fight Mike Tyson. But if you lose, you kind of have to, you can't just go, go to the next level. Yeah, they're cheat codes. I know they're cheat codes, but... You got to fight Glass Joe. You got to fight Von Kaiser. You got to go through Piston Honda, Don Flamenco, King Hippo, the Great Tiger, the Bald Bull, Mister Sandman. You get then you eventually you get to Super Macho Man, which has nothing to do with Macho Man Randy Savage. But eventually you you get to fight Mike Tyson, and it usually takes you a while to to figure out how to beat this guy. And, and so, but but you, this is part of the deal. Like when you when you're frustrated, sometimes you double down. And you go at it even harder. You go at the problem even harder. So there are some side benefits to frustration in life with different issues that we're dealing with. Um, they actually, one of the things Berker talked about, they, they've done, uh, neuroscientists have done MRIs 
on brains of people who are frustrated. And there's actually areas of the brain associated with pain that lift up, that light up, rather, uh, when, when you're frustrated. But, but also, here's the thing. That what ultimately can happen, this is, and this is the good side of frustration, it can actually change your behavior because it can actually, it can actually make a change, behaviorally speaking. And, and we need this because, you know, those motivation, those, those really cheesy motivation posters where there's a sunset and, you know, believe in yourself, you know, things, or a mountain or, yeah, you can climb this. You, know, you just got to do it. Um, that doesn't go very far. But if you're frustrated, it can actually get you to make a change. So here, here's the trick, though. Here's the trick. Barker says, it's, frustration is a great driver of change, but it's not great at steering. It's not great at steering. Because you can become really aggressive and really angry, especially if you have an aggressive personality type, when you're frustrated. So the, properly channeling the frustration is absolutely crucial. So um, this guy, Nicholas Pastor, who's a, who's a psychologist, says that you fly off the handle... When you th- when you think that your unjust uh, unjust your frustration is unjustified, that this should not be happening, this should not be happening. This situation never should have taken place, and and this is very uh, providential for me because I'm I'm dealing with a couple situations right now where I'm thinking the exact same thing. This never should have happened in the first place. This is absolutely not something that should be happening right now. But here's here's the deal. Barker says, don't get furious, get curious. Don't get furious. Get curious. And what you want to start doing is asking some key questions. Instead of getting mad, you say, well, why did that happen? Let's take this apart here. Let's, let's deconstruct this. Let's reverse engineer this. Why did that happen? So it's like, you see it as a challenge. It's like Mike Tyson's punch out. Okay, I'm going to eventually uh, beat Piston Honda and get to the next level. It, it, look at it as a challenge, not a catastrophe. Instead of thinking that um, the story of your life has been ruined uh, (laughs) mid-novel, think of it more as a plot twist, as a plot twist in in the story of your dealings with God, how he's trying to get you to to where he wants you to be. So that's a different way to look at it, this this idea of not getting furious, but getting curious and think, why is this happening? And and then you you can have some motivation to try to fix it without... Um, the deleterious anger effects, if, if that makes any sense. So that that's key. That is absolutely crucial. But we're not done yet. So, so that's the first one and the second one. We've talked about boredom. We've talked about frustration. But there's one more. There's one more emotion that we have to figure out. Do you want to know what it is? Are you waiting with bated breath for me to tell you what it is? Well, guess what? You're going to have to wait a little bit longer because it's called impatience. And I don't want you to be impatient. So just chill. I'm going to take a quick break on the Kale Clark Show, but we'll be right back. 888 want to hear from you. Does this resonate? Have you ever had to deal with this? 888 We'll be right back. Faith, facts, and fun. It's the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Have a question? Give Kale a call at 888-914-9149. I love that song. If you know what that song is, you'll get it. You'll get it. 888-914-9149. It's Kale Clark Show on 
Relevant Radio, 888-914-9149. Hey, I'll tell you what, I know we're not even at All Saints Day, All Souls Day, All Hallows Eve. You might see these Spirit of Halloween stores popping up like weeds all over the place. It's quite a business. They, They only are operational at certain times of the year, but... They really rake it in. It's too early at some level, but it's really not to talk about this. Christmas is on the way. Advent is almost here. And there's an important reason why you need to know this now in October. Because of the fact that we have an incredible giveaway for you at Relevant Radio. Thanks to a very generous donor, we're giving away 200. Once again, we're giving away 200 beautiful hand-painted nativity sets. Now, these are worth over $500 each. They're really, really nice. And you can you can check them out, by the way. RelevantRadio.com slash set, S-E-T. RelevantRadio.com slash set. And you can sign up for your chance to win one of these nativity sets. And if you win one of these, guess what? It, it's awesome. You can, you can put these great nativity sets in your yard, Maybe in your living room window, whatever. If you've got a bay window or something, it's perfect. It's perfect. And you can kind of evangelize through it, talk about the true meaning for the, the Christmas season, and your family, friends, neighborhood will be affected in, in a very positive way. So th- these are really, really nicely done. I can't emphasize how nice they are. And uh, a generous anonymous donor has donated 200 of them to Relevant Radio. And you can sign up for a chance to win yours by going to relevantradio.com slash set. But you have to do it before midnight on October the 15th. So that's why we're talking about this now. We want to make sure that we can get these out to you in time. So relevantradio.com slash set is where to go. And by the way, while you're on the website or while you're on the app, you also need to understand that the clock's not only ticking for Advent coming up. Time just keeps on rolling. But before you know it, 2024 will be here. And one of the biggest events of 2024, of course, is the National Eucharistic Congress in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium. Relevant Radio is going to be live and in full effect. We will be there in person, and we hope that you will be as well. That's why we've arranged for some really nice travel packages for you, so you don't have to think about it. We've done all the prep work for you. Just go to relevantradio.com slash encounter, relevantradio.com slash encounter and show up for Jesus. That's the theme that Father Rocky really wants us to focus on. Show up for Jesus. And uh, by the way, if you sign up, you can also watch your inbox for a brand new Eucharistic encounter video by Father Rocky. And it's a good one. I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's a really good one. And Father ought to be joining me here on Thursday to talk about this and much, much more on the Kale Clark Show. So I'm really looking forward to my conversation with him. Well, we were having a conversation, you and I were having a conversation about boredom, frustration, and impatience. And I know you've been waiting with bated breath to talk about impatience, so we don't want to stress that patience uh, gene too much. Uh, And and obviously in our modern world, we've got Amazon Prime, we've got Next Day Delivery. We're not really used to waiting for too much. and so when we when we do have to wait for something to develop, whether it be you're waiting for that special someone or waiting for God to provide you with with something, it's, a lot of things take time. Good good things take time to grow, and patience is, is definitely a virtue that we really have to grow in in the, in the spiritual life. But when we're waiting, 
we don't want that to be unfruitful time. And one of the things that, that Eric Barker wrote about was, and this, this is a really good mental model, when, you ha- when you're dealing with, with something that requires patience, and you're impatient, reframe it. You've got to reframe it. You've got to just think about it in a different way, and it can totally change how, how you deal with it. So reframe impatience into anticipation. Reframe impatience into anticipation. It sounds like it's semantical in a certain sense. These are just words. What difference does it really make? But Barker says, look, when you're impatient about something, there's somewhat of an error of entitlement about that. Like, you deserve this, and you need it right now. Hey, I paid for my meal. Where is it? This should have happened yesterday. Well, I, want, I wanted that report on my desk yesterday. There, there's an air of entitlement. You deserve it now. But anticipation is a little bit different. It's, it's like, a lot like preparing for Christmas. It's the anticipation. Remember being a kid, the anticipation of Christmas morning. And in some ways, the anticipation is better than getting what you're anticipating. It's, it's funny how that works, isn't it? And studies have shown this, that... For example, if you're if you're planning on, um, I don't know, you're an NFL fan, you want to go to the Chicago Bears game. Rich Pie is wanting to go to the Bears game. He he's anticipating it, but he might be disappointed when he actually gets it. Um, hope not. Let's see what the Bears do on Thursday night football. Let's pray they can turn it around. But but sometimes the th- the th- want like just the experience of anticipating the thing is, is almost as good, sometimes even better than actually living it out. But here's the thing: if you're not anticipating the thing that you're anticipating, if that makes any sense, then it's highly unlikely that you will enjoy it even when you get it. So Barker kind of says, look, if you, if you are not looking forward to your vacation, you're probably not going to have that much fun when you actually get on the road. If this is something you're kind of dreading, oh, you know, I don't want to see Aunt Bertha again you know, for Thanksgiving, then, then you're probably not going to have too much fun with the process. So you got to reframe it. You have to reframe it. So you, 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 you really don't want to deal too much with, with impatience. Um, you gotta, you got to make an anticipation because if you don't have things to look forward to in life, we always have to have things to look forward to in life, even if it's something like a coffee break. or I, I, I think this is really, really important. Um, I don't think you'll mind if I share this story. Uh, Dr. Craig Evans, great friend of the program, he, he's one of the most prolific scholars the last few hundred years, I think. And Scott Hahn says he's the greatest living Bible scholar on the planet. He's written a ton of stuff, like a v- voluminous, uh, you know, impact books, articles, or, you know, a hundred books and articles and journals. And, and, and how does he, how does he do it? And he says, sometimes I'll, I'll just like, I'll have like a donut on my desk and I, I'm not taking a bite of this donut until I write 25 pages. It's a little motivation, right? And, and just looking forward to something can, can help you a lot. Because hope is really, really important. You know, there's three theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. We absolutely need hope to, to be that, that driving force. You know, I was going to say it's, it's the gas that drives the car, but, you know, maybe, I don't know, everyone wants carbon neutral societies. Let's say it's the electricity that powers the, the Tesla. I don't know, but at any rate... You, you've got to have this anticipation. So, all right, so those are the three things. And I think they can be really, really helpful for us. They can be our friends. Boredom. If you're really, really bored, you've got to start asking that question. 
why is that why am i bored right now is it time for me to move on or do i need to find a deeper meaning in what i'm doing does my motivation have to come from somewhere else come from the heavens no, come from inside so boredom can be your friend also when you're frustrated when you're frustrated don't see it as a threat don't see it as something that, that uh, breaks the narrative think of it as a plot twist it's a challenge for you how can it motivate you to actually accomplish your goal it can a actually cause some really creative things to happen and then if you're impatient you got to reframe that as anticipation it'll help you to to be more positive looking forward to something i think it's really good to, to let, have little things to look forward to in, in life um we've got to have some little fun breaks that are very you know holy you know good clean fun and because if we don't we're going to look for illegitimate fun breaks in life i think sometimes so um that's that's really what, what you want to do now here, you know, here just to close off here's one last thing that barker mentions okay these are problems that we have in life that we've got to we've got to deal with and they can help us and sometimes people say i wish i had a problem free life so he asks this question. It's kind of a mental model. What is your vision of the perfect life? If I were to ask you to sort of sit there and meditate on this, think about this, what is your perfect life? What would it look like? Is it, you know, golfing Augusta National every day? That sounds pretty good. But here's the thing. Whatever, you're, whatever you just imagined right now is your perfect life, I bet you it was missing one thing. Difficulties. Problems. But that's not how life works. And you, that wouldn't even interest you. It might for a little while, but you, it wouldn't long term. Think about it. A movie that doesn't have a conflict, you know, doesn't have an enemy for the hero. A uh, video game. Hey, even Mike Tyson's punch out. You, you got to fight these guys, you know. You got to fight the rhino at some point. Um, hard pass. Hard pass. And every storyteller kind of knows this. If you look at Every movie from Pixar, there's this story arc. There's a conflict that happens. And this is, this is kind of what we need as well to, to get to where God wants us to be. Um, we, we need that. We need those difficulties to, to help us to grow. We need that resistance, uh, like weight training, to help us to, to grow muscles, you know, interior muscles, spiritual muscles. And as Barker says, you can't rise to the occasion if there is no occasion. So, all right, we, we're going to have we're going to have these we're going to have these difficulties in life. Jesus promised it. He said, "In this life, you will have tribulation. You will." I'm not sugarcoating this. In this life, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world, and, and God is not unaware of your problems. And in fact, He's factored them in. He's, fa he's aware of them, and like the great chess master, he's using them for the next move in your life. And I think that that's really important. So just leave you one last quote from Eric Barker. He's such a great writer. He says, you are not a dumpster fire. You're a multidimensional dumpster phoenix. I love that. You're not a dumpster fire. You're a dumpster phoenix. You're going to rise from <laughs> these problems, these issues that you think are... But there is a good side to this. So I really appreciate that. And speaking of rising like a phoenix, the physical resurrection of Jesus from the dead, that is absolutely crucial to our faith. And that's why on the Faith Explained show right now in our Jesus 101 series, this is kind of the last piece of the puzzle 
the physical resurrection of Jesus from the dead. St. Paul is very honest about this in the Bible. He says, if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. People should actually feel sorry for us that we believe this, if it's not true. But, of course, he has. So what's the evidence? What's the evidence? That's, that's what we're talking about. might surprise you, some of the historical evidence for the resurrection. On tomorrow's Faith Explained show, we're going to talk about that. Plus, I've got an interesting mailbag question about soul sleep. Soul sleep. Yeah, a listener asked me about it. Uh, you might know that Jehovah's Witnesses, some other groups, believe in soul sleep. They just think when you're dead, psh, nothing happens. You just sort of wake it up, wake up at the resurrection. Is that really what happens in between? I'm not so sure. <laughs> we'll talk about that tomorrow on the Faith Explained program. All right, Patrick Alog is telling me that the Twins are up 3-1 on the Toronto Blue Jays, the official baseball club of the Kale Clark Show. Going to the top of the eighth, so crunch time, nail-biting time. Oof. You know, it wasn't a nail-biter last night, Monday Night Football. Giants absolutely, absolutely got clobbered by the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, tomorrow, Producer Jim, we're going to have to reveal our, 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 our records, our NFL picks for this week. We, uh, I don't know, how, I don't think we did that well overall <laughs> as, a, as a group. But I did win a fantasy football game this weekend for the first time ever in the relevant radio league. So, yay. I, I thought I was going to have a perfect season there. I was 0-3. I thought I'd run the table in the wrong direction. But no, I got got to win. Got to win. So we move on. And, hey, listen... You're going to want to move on with Relevant Radio for the rest of the night. Got some incredible stuff coming up. Timory, of course, is coming up next on Trending. And then Father Rocky will be along for the Family Rosary Across America. Hey, by the way, there's a special guest on the Family Rosary tomorrow night, October the 4th. Patrick Madrid is going to be on the Rosary. I think you'll be praying with Father Rocky, right, Jim? They're going to do it together. Yeah, so, wow, what a, what a tag team there. That's going to be incredible. It's like Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior or something. I mean, that, that is quite a combination. And speak, Speaking of action heroes, did you know that Patrick Madrid, someone sent him an action figure of himself? This is pretty wild. Pretty wild. And uh, hey, listen, we, we all need to take action in our faith, right? How many, how many torturous segues can I come up with? All right, we're out of time. <laughs> I'm Kale Clark. Thanks for joining me today. Jim Shaper produced Patrick Haylock. Take your phone calls. Have a great evening, everyone. Keep it locked on Relevant Radio. Take it away, Michaela. Thank you for listening to my daddy.